If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Johan Schlesi, who's come to us before and talked about saddle fitting. And I thought it was a very interesting conversation and I've invited Johan back. The topic today, we're going to talk about divergent theories on saddle fit. Now, how are you today, Johan? Very good. And I'm so happy to be back at your show. And I hope that many of the listeners get to hear the news and what we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm really interested, that's for sure. And I'm sure that many of our listeners will be. But tell me why we've chosen this particular subject, you know, and because you've got quite a broad knowledge of saddles, saddle fitting, as well as riding and, and horses in general. But tell us why you've chosen this particular subject today. Well, when I think when I grew up and we had seven to eight horses, but we only had two or three saddles and saddle fitting was not such a big deal back then. Today you open every magazine and there's at least two or three different articles about saddle fitting. Veterinarians, body workers recommend now have their saddle fit at least two or three times, up to four to five times a year, which can be quite expensive for the customer and quite difficult for companies to maintain and provide that service. But the question is, why do we need so much saddle fitting these days or was never before? So I dug into it a little deeper and I find out there's many different philosophies or ideas of saddle fitting. And it is very clear, and hopefully also for all the listeners and the people who come to Equitana, to see when we talk about saddle fitting, there is different methods and different agenda behind each of these theories and mm -hmm. and philosophies, which we can hopefully talk a little bit today. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very interested. And I know that last time you talked about treed saddles, treeless saddles. So can we start off with that one as our first point, tree versus treeless saddles, which is the best and why? Yes. Well, if we look back in history, we can see approximately four and a half thousand years ago is when man made saddles with a tree. And I had a historian who wrote a chapter in my book, and he says, you know, we can see that every century there is at least one or two attempts to make saddles without the tree. Now, we call them for a long time bareback pads. But as we know, marketing and innovation creates sales. So somebody came up with a great idea to, to name the bareback pad treeless saddles. And um, sure enough, we can sell it and make it much more money when we call that bareback pad treeless saddles. So 
this is a subject which is very often frowned about and, and people don't like to hear it because they say with my treeless tiles, my horse's shoulders move so much better. Yet we also know that the majority of the international riders do not go with tree lasados for the following reasons. Number one, just like in the human body or the horse's body, there's a skeleton. That skeleton on the horse or human provides a, a frame. And otherwise, we could not hold ourselves upright. The skeleton in the saddle is a tree. So if we get rid of the skeleton, there's no structure to that saddle or bareback pad. So what is the purpose of the tree? The purpose of the tree is to distribute the rider's weight over a larger weight-bearing surface. Now, if you take the tree away, there is no distribution. All your weight is underneath your seat bones, and some of them have very pointy seat bones. And we have tomography cameras, we have gait analysis, we have computerized style pads, which shown if you approach the subject not with opinion, but rather with science, which have shown that it's clearly not good for the horse because all the weight is now focused, concentrated under the rider's seat bones, and the horse's gates are impeded. The pressure is underneath the, the seat bones, and the rider comes twice its weight into the horse's back. Now, that's the other reason why we have a saddle with a tree. The tree not only displays the rider's weight over the entire area, but it also gives the spine support for the rider. Because without the tree, the pelvis will slouch, will slide back. And the second the rider doesn't have the ability to get the support, they either cramp with your thigh or you're losing what we call the pliable seat. And now instead of going with the movement of the horse's back and absorbing the up and down motion of the horse's back, you become rather rigid and your weight becomes double. So now we look at the other side. Uh, but the horse's shoulder seems to be so much freer. Well, we know that the freedom in the shoulder is not the one and only thing you need to look at the horse's conformation or, or movement. First, the horse's back needs to be up in order for the hind leg to come underneath. And only if the back hind leg come more underneath, then the weight of the front legs are softened and the horse is able to maintain and carry the rider's weight and posture. Now, here is where many, many people get misled. They heard the saying, but it's so much nicer for the horse's back. If that would be the case, the military would never use the treat saddle, the endurance riders, or today's international competition riders. We're using the tree to support the structure of the riders, back, pelvis, and to distribute the weight of the rider over the horse's back. Mm. That's pretty much the gist uh, of it. We have to use it to be softer and kind to our body and the horse's body. Yeah, yeah. I think when you explain it, and I think that's it, that people think that it's better for the horse. But after you've explained that, it's very clear that the treeless saddles or the bareback pads are not better for the horse and not better for the rider, yeah. What about these? This is number two, gender-appropriate saddles. You talked a little bit about it last time and compared, you know, just the fitting of clothes, fitting of, of jeans, you know, that we need different jeans, different clothes 
to fit a female and a male and talked about the gender-appropriate saddles. So what have you got for us there? Well, I'd like to um, start again where I stopped last time. I said there is no other sport where men and women compete against each other. Yep. And there's also no other sport where a woman competes in a male's equipment, suits, shoes, but only in the horseback riding saddles. And to this day, we still have people who believe there is no difference between a male and female pelvis. It is really hard to believe. But if I'm going back to 2,400 years, when the Greek militarist Xenophon demanded a great seat from his riders in order to train these horses so they're becoming better warriors. Oh, if you have a good seat, you're more solid. Now, if I may read a little quote from Colonel Alios Badowski, he was the director of the Spanish Riding School from 1939 to 1964. Now, the Spanish Riding School is famous for their 400 years age. Plus, if you want to ride there, you are on the launch line for a year to learn to get a pliable seat, a proper seat. Now, he, here's a quote. He says, it is of the utmost importance not to cause the people any discomfort. With a cramped posture, it is impossible to achieve a pliable seat. Without a pliable seat, it's not possible to achieve oscillation in a horse's back. And if its back cannot oscillate, the horse will suffer pain and it will not be able to collect. We are so focused on fitting the saddle to make it comfortable to the horse. Yet, the quote I just wrote, I read, was clearly, if the rider is not comfortable, or if he or she has a cramped seat, it doesn't matter how good you fit the saddle to the horse. The horse cannot bring his back up. If the back can't come underneath, the hind leg cannot come underneath, and the front will bear all the weight, and the horse is in pain. And yet, four and a half thousand years, men made saddles for men. And in the late 78, there are more women now riding than men. And we still make saddles by men, for men. Sure, we have more female saddlers than ever before. But as I explained last time, the molds, the theory, the patterns, everything is made for male pelvis. And it's not just the pelvis. It's the soft part, it's the lower back, it's the neck of the femur, the angulation of the upper leg, muscle circumference of the upper leg. And when last time when I had, I never forget how this gynecologist presented (laughs) these two different pelvis to me because one of his customers says, please talk to my saddle maker. I felt very, very small because I was not, never seen that before. So that Mm -hmm. is really embarrassing and yet to this day we make a lot of sounds for men by men but the people who ride are the women and as i just read the quote if you ride in uncomfortable equipment you will cramp and now they're just in pain again Mm -hmm. so that is the the, uh, biggest mistake out there that people focus too much on the horse rather than fitting the rider properly Mm -hmm. and without a proper seat you just hurt, the horse will suffer pain. Yep, yep, no, that's good. 
Okay, so this is number three, and it brings us on to changes in saddle design and the use over the years and functionality versus fit. So how has it changed over the years? Well, before it was function and not fashion. Yep. And now we build saddles to, well, let's start with the number one. We call it the clothespin fit. Now, a clothespin, everybody knows what a clothespin is. In order for the clothes not to fall off the laundry line, I have yep. a clothespin. And this clothespin pinches the, the clothes over that laundry line. Now, if I need a saddle, what does not roll from side to side, then I, would, I do, I create a fit what pins itself down on the spinal processes on the horse's spine. Now, there is a saddle. It's made mainly in Buenos Aires, Argentina. The sport I'm referring to is polo. If you turn that saddle upside down, you will see that all these saddles have a very, very narrow channel, a width of a man's thumb. And that narrow channel, it's designed so when the player is leaning all the way down with his polo stick, that the saddle doesn't roll from one side to the other. A, they turn fast, they go forward and backwards. But when the jockey wants to lean down to hit that ball, there's a lot of force and torque on the saddle. So what the saddle industry does is let's make a saddle for this sport. And rather than function, in other words, have a saddle what is fitted so the horse will last a long time and doesn't break down so fast, it needs to be now a saddle what sits on that polo pony and doesn't roll, no matter how you want to do it. If you look closely to a a polo pony, there's a lot of gear to protect the horse and make sure it doesn't slide front to back, but also left to right. And if we look closer at the spine of the horse, there's a muscle from the spinal processes to the spinal transversus. We call it the multifidus. We have that same muscle that gives our spine strength, but if you pinch that, if it, it gets pinched, that multifidus will atrophy. One of the reasons why they need six polar ponies for one chakra because they have no back muscles. So that's one fit we call it the clothespin fit. And that is something what never existed prior to a sport or to a fashion. Mm-hmm. Another sport, which we know as the Icelandic saddle. Now they have changed, but not since the last 20 years because when there is what we call the rating for pace when they can't canter, there's a lot of money into it. And those Icelandic saddles, they have extended bars to the back, and these back bars are meant to put a lot of pressure into the loins. So the horse, the Icelandic horse, are not able to canter. Now, these horses are easy to tilt, and they have the ability to tilt like other gated horses. Yet the industry, the saddle makers in the world are asked and make saddles to put particular pressure in the lumbar area so the horse hollows, cannot canter, and therefore goes in the turtle or the pace or other gates they are required to make a lot of money. That fit we also know as the hyperextension fit. I learned to make a saddle Venice in England in 1985. Mm-hmm. I looked at it and says, what is 
this. And they call it, that's a lane fox. I said, what's a lane fox? That's 19 inch, 24 inches. How big is that ride and how big does the horse have to be? Oh no, oh no, that's just for that sport, what we call the saddle seat, also known as the big leg, where the rider sits pretty much on the loin of the horse. And that particular saddle also has a very narrow channel, like the polo saddles with that close pin fit. And the rider sits in clouds from 19 to 24 inch long seats. And if you look at the sport, we don't have that in Germany or anywhere in Europe. That is mainly done. I don't know if they have that in Australia, but mainly in Tennessee, in the southern states of United States. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard about that? Uh, well, I lived in Florida for a while, so I had a bit to do with it down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are the um, fashions mm. rather than functions because mm. that become a big sport. And it's it's sad to say it's a sport for a, a saddle fit we don't want. Yep. There's another saddle fit, what we call the specialty fit. The specialty fit is when I make a drum saddle, a parade saddle, where giant drums hang out in the front. That saddle is made so the parade, the drums don't hang off the horse's shoulder while the horse and the jockeys go in the parade. Or a, a side saddle, the old-fashioned side saddle, the left side is completely different than the right side. Yep. And then we have racing saddles. I mean, the racing saddle industry came a, a long way and from rather having a, a racing saddle what pokes into the shoulder and keeps a jockey with stirrups on the horse to saddles what now purposely avoid the lung meridian point, which is on the scapular. It's also known as the BL13 that affects the, the breathing of the horse. Now, in a sport like racing, you can imagine they do everything possible to make sure the jockey and the owner and the trainer have the best equipment so the horse can win the race. Mm-hmm. So these are specialty things. Very sad. I left the worst almost to the last year. The modern sport fits out. Mm-hmm. In dressage, we know it as hyperextension or as roll cure, mm-hmm. where the horse is not in harmony with his hind leg. Mm-hmm. also known as the, the circus trot. And the saddle industry comes very quick. It says, hey, we can do almost anything what we want with these saddles. So if they want the horse hollow and want their leg shoulders to be free, they're making saddles which has a combination of the close pin fit and the specialty fit as well as the... Um, long fit of the hyperextension where they make the saddle and the stuffing to particularly hit certain areas on the horse, which we will show at, at Equitana in Australia. There is very sensitive spots on the horse's back compared to a human's funny bone, which is not funny at all. It's just a nerve <laughs> ending on the elbow. Yep. And if there are 14 on the horse's back and on the sides, and one of them makes them kind of flick their front leg and drop their back so they have the ability to get that almost Spanish walk look in the trot, Mm -hmm. then people will say, oh, that's easy. I can make that saddle so the horse can go like this. So in in the world of horse lovers, that's a 
that there are saddles who are specifically made to make a horse do uh, abnormal movement and will hurt the horse. I saw a beautiful video where they showed uh, a current, a current world champion, and where the horse retired at and, and died at the age of 29 and retired at the age of 17 from the World Equestrian Games to the horse, which are, horses are now in the shows, which are retired at seven or eight. If they make it past 10, it's a miracle. Mm. And you never hear from them again. The joints, ligaments, and backs are not sustained to that kind of uh, uh, damage we, we do to them just to win the class or to, to, to get ahead in the competition of these days. Yeah. I'm just super happy to know that the majority of the riders love their horses, own their in the heart. There are the pleasure riders, the adult amateur riders, and there are some super Olympic riders who do want to do the best, and they're not using equipment, saddles, which are purposely done to, to create that false movement. Mm-hmm. So that's why we chose the topic today. There, there are fittings out there where people fit their saddles to purposely to create these movements. And the consumer who loves the horse is confused. You know, Glennis, they, they say, but there are so many different opinions about fitting. But if you ask a veterinarian or body worker, there's only one body, the horse's body. Yes, they're different from breed to breed, but the physiology is the same. The biomechanics we try to achieve. So why do we need to inflict pain for them to create a movement which are just short-term for the horse? Horse Mm. lovers don't like that because then they have their horse as their best friend. Mm. Mm. All right, that's very interesting, I think, you know, just just the different type and how they affect the horse. Brings us to number four, the new technology used just to fit the saddles. You know, just um, what, what have we got there? Well, the new technology is showing that the fake tree adjustment or the uh, – there, there is people who said, oh, here, you can just turn that screw and flip this wider yes. now. It sounds yes. good. For yep. the beginning, but of course, the customer feels, oh, I have the choice. Mm. But we got uh, gel. It looks like a gel pad. You ride for 15 minutes, take off, and you can see after riding where the main pressure is. It's very basic. But then we got high-tech tomography, tomography cameras. When you finish riding, take the saddle off, you look over the horse's back, and you identify. You identify the pressure points. And most of the time, it's like at four corners on the horse's shoulders and on the loin. You can also videotape the saddle where you can actually see where uh, the most pressure is. And again, mm-hmm. most of the time, it's in the front and the back where the horses most of the time have white hair. And there's a computerized saddle pad that's been out in the market for almost 22 years now. But there's one from Germany who comes from the medical field. And it it has the new technology, what they call the shear factor. The front on the area of the saddle, where the withers are, the ribs are steeper. And in the back of the saddle, where the ribs are flatter. So computer pads normally measure just pressure would come from the top down. This particular new technology also measures the sliding effect. When, when you're trying to press yourself off the horse's body, your hand 
your hands will slide down on the side of the withers. So when you push yourself off the horse's back, you can push yourself easy off the horse's back because the ribs are flatter, right? Yep, yep. And in the front, where the front part of the saddles are, most horses are having more steeper angle the shoulder area okay, where yep. the ribs are. Yep. So if you try to push yourself away there, your, your hands would slide down. Okay, yes, yes. And that's what they call the shear factor. And, and to measure that pressure in the front area of the horse, that's the new saddle pads, which we're going to introduce at Equitana. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fabulous because it answered so many points. Now, there's a, a girth that comes from France, the diagnostic girth. It measures the heartburn of the horse, calorie burn, the left and right uh, analysis, the gait analysis, the cadence. It measures how much it elevates, the trot symmetry for jumping, very interesting. Let's say you jump. 20 jumps. It measures the average height the horse jumped and the angle of takeoff to the jump. So it's not just in cell phones, it's also in a very expensive industry like the horses where we have technology what can now get rid of the opinions. It's mm-hmm. very subjective, you know, and unfortunately yeah. in this industry, but we now go all back to the original fit, what we call the tree lift fit. The tree lift fit means the first styles what we've seen in, in history are built widest part in the middle. And most English styles and Western styles are narrowest now in the middle. So to, to, to explain this to our listeners here or on the radio, um, visualize where your leg is most of the time that area on the saddle is very, very narrow for the rider's comfort. And yet, that's where it's important that the saddle sits properly to achieve the freedom in the shoulder and not hurt the horses in the loin in pain. So it's really nice to see, it's okay, it's partly new technology, but if you Google the whole horse dissection, Jeremy Davis travels the world, and there she shows how the tree sits on the cadaver of a horse and she makes no secret in the video saying that this horse has suffered from pain and has been damaged from tree. So I really like the listeners from today, when they talk to their saddle sitters, ask them, will this fitting accommodate the anatomy of the horse and the rider? Will it protect the horse from long-term damage? Are the tree points facing backwards, not forward, is enough room for the horse's spine so that the cartilage of the horse's shoulder blade is not damaged and the ligaments and the multifidus muscles is not endangered. So these are the questions, very simple questions. The saddle sitter will say, yes, it is, but here comes the biggest, the most important sentence, and this is why. Remember last time you asked me what the quote I really like, I said, the people who know the how will always follow the people who know the why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if our listeners and the people who really love their horses, you know, think about what is this, What? why do I want to fit my saddle? I want to fit it so it protects me and my horse and it doesn't cause long-term damage for me and my horse. Yep. Now, does that mean you can't play polo? No, of course you can play polo, but you can do it without doing it in the way what the horse has to pay 
the price with deformity or pain. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Good good question, isn't it? Why? Mm-hmm. Always ask, why do you fit it this way and what's your goal? What does tell me? What? Yeah. My, my, my saddle needs to be fitted. My veterinarian says he's back sore. Now, can you please look at my saddle and help me? Yep. Yep. Be careful what type of fitting he's selling you. The clothespin fit, the modern sport fit, the hyperextension fit, yep. or the fake adjustable tree fit. Or does he actually fit you with the tree lift fit? Mm-hmm. Where the tree will lift in order for the shoulders not to get damaged. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, we've got now another point, and, and it takes a little while to digest what you said because there's so much depth in it, yeah, head. But the changing conformation of the horse's 3D back, the back issues arising, what sort of back issues arise for the horse and rider? Well, um, if I'm compared it to a person, let's say you switch your job. You have done for 10 years an office job, and now you work in the feed store, and you're lifting feedbacks all day long. Yep. And after a month, you notice your jacket's getting tight. Why is it getting tight? Because you got bigger shoulder muscles. And now you say, God, that job is too hard. I'm going to go back to my office job. And before you know, all these muscles you got in your back and shoulders from lifting all the feedbacks are atrophy. You don't use them, you lose them. So the jackets, what you had to get new now, because before, it got too tight because you got so much muscles, are now all loosey-goosey on your back when you're back in your office. Does that make sense to you so far? Yep, yep, definitely. So when a horse carries weight, the entire ribcage hangs off the front limbs of the horse, the pectoralis muscle and the muscle. Only if you put weight on the horse's back. You don't have to be an Olympian. Only weight. It can be a little child who just with a horse, it could be a packing horse which just carries weight, or a rider, Olympic or pleasure. These muscles, you will, the horse will activate and get bigger. So when the horse's shoulder gets bigger, it gets wider, and it comes further back, and the angle changes. So every time you buy a saddle, and every time you want to have it fit, the listeners of your show, or the riders of today, should always ask their saddle fitters, can this saddle tree be adjusted in the angle and at the width of the tree? The angle and the width are two complete different ways. Let me explain it by paint the picture. There's a D-ring where you put your uh, breastplate normally on the saddle. Every saddle has it. And if you measure from D-ring to D-ring, that's the tree width. And four inch down from that D-ring in the front, there's a front piping of the panel. And that piping can come in different angles. So you could have a very steep angle, and the two D-rings are very narrow together. There would be a narrow tree width with a steep angle. Or you could have the same distance in the two D-rings, but the angle is very wide. So you have three different tree widths. and different angles. Many saddles just change in the angle. They don't change in the width. Now, if the horse gets trained and gets ridden regular, these shoulders get wider. And if you don't have a saddle that can be changed in the width as well, you will need a new saddle. 
So when you buy a saddle and you don't want to keep buying it and buying it and buying it, always let yourself explain from the saddle maker, saddle fitter, retail shop, wherever you buy it, ask this most important question. Is that saddle adjustable in the tree width and in the tree angle? Comma, and if so, how? That is probably the most important part. If you want to accommodate the fit while the horses change, so you don't create any pain for you and your animal. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. What about the Wizard of Oz fit? Yes, that's um, my, my, my favorite one. Yep, okay. Because you hear this a lot. And the Wizard of Oz is from the fairy tale, the Wizard of Oz, where yep. Dorothy finally comes to Munchkinland and there's this magician and she looks behind um, the curtain and she sees this man makes a voice for Oz, the big wizard. And then um, the people, are in, and the person says, never mind about the man behind the curtain. But she sees him putting all this fake show on it. Yeah. And there is many people in our industry, many people who know that the way that saddle is adjusted or fitted, let's say the hyperextension fit, you know, it's fitted so it makes the horse hollow. The veterinarian says it pinches him there. Mm-hmm. And the trainer or the salesman says, never mind what the veterinarian says. This saddle fits all. So same story like the per- person said, never mind about the man behind the curtain. There is yeah. a person who spent a lot of money on the horse to buy it. There's a person who spent a lot of money to learn how to heal and protect horses, the veterinarian. So there's a person who loves the horse and a person who loves to heal them. Yet there's a person in this industry who says, never mind about the man behind the curtain. You understand what I mean with this yeah, metaphor? Yeah, I do. Yep. There's a clear answer where the problem is, why the horse gets sore, why the horse starts laming, and yet certain salespeople and, and, and people who make or sell saddles and trainers who get paid to say that tell the poor owner, never mind. That's pretty bad, but it's unfortunately also what is so confusing for the adult amateur riders who, who wants to follow this big champion because, after all, he, he won a lot of Olympians mm. or medals. Yep. Yeah, so not, not um, uh, very admirable, that's for sure, mm. but it's, it's, it's a fact that's out there. Okay. Okay. All right. What about the bridge fit? The bridge fit is uh, a saddle fitting what is the best way to explain like a chair. A chair has yes. four points what stabilize that chair. Where a rocking chair has a bar on the left and right. Now the the bridge fit is designed so it does not carry any center pressure on the horse's back, just on the front and the back. There where the horse always gets white hair and there's where it's always seems to be the most sore. Now, why do the industry make the bridge fit? And there's many out there who are very famous and make a lot of sales. 
mm-hmm. very easy. When I have an adult amateur rider and I put that saddle on four corners, the middle is bridging, they will not be able to move that big the horses. And the adult amateur rider who just starts riding says, oh, look at that, I can sit. My, I can sit the trot. So I can quite a bit slow down the horse and the saddle appears not to need to be fitted so much. The body cannot develop. It, it hollows and gets stiff because those four points completely defeat the purpose of a saddle tree. Let's repeat what we started with. Mm. Why do we need trees? The trees are there to distribute the weight. If you put the chair in soft sand, the chair will sink in. And if you put a rocking chair in soft sand, the rocking chair will have less indent in the sand because they have more weight disbursement. So the tree is there to distribute the rider's weight. So a saddle tree, what is adjusted properly, will have contact everywhere on the left and right side, like a very, very little bit of a rocking chair. Can you follow me? Yes, I can. Yep. And the bridge fit, it's purposely made so there is no contact in the middle. So it's holding tight in the front and the back. Now that is a good example and that's what I like to give the message to the listeners out there. There are horses in the quarter-hold world, in the Western world, yep. they're normally not as tall and as big. Yet they have stronger backs, the back muscle looks bigger and better, and the rider in the saddle in average is heavier mm-hmm. than in the sport like the hunter, jumper, polo, or eventing world. Yep. Those horses who are much bigger, ridden with lighter saddles and ridden with average lighter people, have more back sore, more atrophy under the back. Mm-hmm. Now, atrophy comes from not using, like the example earlier with a, um, what we call a story with a person who worked in the office and then at the feed yes. store. Yes, yes. So when you don't use them, you lose them. But it also comes if you can't use them because it's poking you in the back on four corners. I also mentioned thermography, and I mentioned that gel pad and computerized saddle pad. We always see the biggest damages in the front and back of the saddles. Mm-hmm. For me, Bridgeford, it's almost as bad as treeless saddles because you have concentrated pressure on treeless saddles is on two points, and your distribution is very, very little. Bridgeford is on four points but it's still not as good as a Western saddle. And that's why a Western saddle most of the time has a slight rock to it, has more weight-bearing surface, Mm -hmm. and can maintain and sustain that kind of contact. Now, there's other English saddles who fit very well and have a lot of weight-bearing surface, especially in the middle, where the rider sits. It's very comfortable. It's very close contact. And it's quite the opposite of the bridge fit. Mm-hmm. But the question we need to ask ourselves, why is the industry making this? The answer, they don't need to be refitted because the horse can't develop. It's constantly in that protection frame, holding frame, hollow back. Yep. Maybe that's the reason why rock kissing spine is on the rise, especially in English saddles. Mm-hmm. And 
we also need to ask ourselves, hmm, isn't that nice if we can have these wonderful new breeding horses who can move that wonderful to sell them to people who have the uh, aspiration to become very fast Olympic riders and yet have to learn how to sit the trot. So why don't we put the brakes on this horse? So now you create a saddle or can buy a saddle where the horse has a governor in. A governor like a car which is not allowed to drive fast. We have it here in North America. Yep. yep. Those European cars, they have a governor. You can't go over 140 yep. kilometers an hour. So in the same with the saddles, they get pushed on the horse's back and then I can't move. Mm. And isn't that nice? Mm. Here we go. Buy this saddle. You can ride. So it's, it's a, again, an adjustment. People really love horses. I don't want here. I don't want my horse hollowing. I don't want to have kids inspired on my horse. So why are we doing that? Sells a lot of saddles. Easy to maintain. Very easy, hardly need of a fit because the horse can't change. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll go on to the next point you've got is a tree lift fit. You've got some good names here. What's a tree lift fit? Okay. A tree lift fit mm. is if you think about a horses and in slow motion, yeah. you can see in the walk, in the trot, in the, in the canter, there's different dynamics through yep. the horse's spine. Yep. Now, when there's a saddle on top, we want to make sure it doesn't take the natural movement away. Mm. So the saddle tree has to allow that rolling back, the up and down swing in the back, that's what we want to do. So one is the most impact on the horse's back. That is when the horse's back is coming from the upwards to the downwards. For example, a horse's back will swing up and down, up and down. And when that back goes down and the rider's weight follows, the next moment he wants to come up and the rider's weight still follows, that's where the biggest impact is. Yep. So every tree in the world has a slight rock, like a rocking chair has a slight rock. Mm-hmm. So if the towers will come and move properly, properly means with his back and not with his only with his leg. So if his back comes up, it pushes the tree from the center, lifts the tree of the loins and of the shoulder area, so the horse can roll and move the shoulders through. So over the history of mankind building saddles, we'll see there's two very, very distinct design features. Number one, the tree has a slight rock from front to back, and it's wider in the center than in the front and in the back. If the saddle is designed like that, and the saddle is not, sorry, in the saddle is fitted so it has contact in the middle, then the saddle will be lifted away from the shoulder while the horse moves, and that's a tree lift fit. A very easy demonstration, which we do. Everybody can do it at their own horse. All you need to do is, is if you have a you scratch your skin, that kind of a scratching, you do at three points on the horse's body, which I will demonstrate. It's on the croup, it's at the darkest of the tail, and it's at the sternum. You will see how the horse will bring up his back, he will step up underneath his hind leg, 
and he will lift with the seraphic sling his, his body, and you will see whatever you put on his back, put most of the time a see-through saddle, you can see right through, you will see how the back is lifted up, and the front and the back of the saddle has very little contact, so that scapular, which moves upwards, backwards, four to six inches in motion, can roll and slide through it. And here comes the most important part. And when his back goes down, the back of the saddle will never dig into his groin. Hmm. So the next step, he will bring still his hind leg underneath. Because if it won't lift up in the center of the tree, the horse will go hollow, which means his back is down, all the spinal processes are in danger of rubbing, kissing spine, and he does very short steps, and his suspension is suspensory, and his joints will be paying the price. Mm-hmm. So the tree lift fit means, like it says, the saddle is fitted, so the tree lifts the pressure of the shoulder and the loin. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. All right, this static versus the dynamic fit. It's point number nine. What can you teach us about that? Mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody, and I hope everybody was listening to us tonight or today, this morning at your place, <laughs> um, is that um, they get the person who sells or fit the saddle to watch that horse go. How does the horse move freely? How does the watch under the saddle? So that we have to see how the horse and rider balance to each other. We call it the balance point alignment. Now, the static fit is, if you take a saddle, you put it on the horse, and then look for wither clearance, spinal clearance, even contact, with the ability align. So they do it all while the horse is standing. 9% of all saddle fitters do the static fit. And yet the saddle should fit while the horse is moving. So when I buy a saddle for my horse, I want to make sure the horse can move underneath, and I be comfortable when the horse doesn't want to canter. And sometimes the horse, what you think moves this way, moves completely different. There's a, a, a great man who, his name is Christopher Reza from Germany. He had a horse on the treadmill and he had a huge laser cameras over the horse while it's on the treadmill. And yep. they measured the horse's back and movement without saddle. And they measured him and says, oh, there's nine different backs. So you ask yourself, well, which back do I measure mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're nine different shapes? Yep. So at the static fit, we only measure with tools anywhere from old tools 100 years ago, from tools which are now made out of very nice material to the part where you can take a little laser and measure it yourself. But the horse is just standing there. It's static. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's what you do when the horse is standing. And I encourage everybody to ride in the saddle, and hopefully the saddle fitter himself is a rider, so they understand if that movement under the saddle is natural, unnatural, blocked, or inhibited, or painful. And nothing is easier than the saddle, because it's very easy, cause of elimination. Change something on the saddle, put another saddle on, wouldn't you know the movement has changed? And that's why I always, always, always teach, please have that saddle fit, static and dynamic. Yep. Did that answer the question? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the last thing we're going to talk about is custom saddles. What does custom really mean? Yes. Um, there are so many saddles who are made before the horse and rider ever have been measured. We can call them off the shelf. And um, in the old days, the saddler came out, looked at the horse, made the tree, took tape of the horse, put the tree back on the horse. Then continued with patents and leather and finished the saddle while the horse is there. When we make custom saddles, we have sometimes people in exercise pants and we put them in a foam seat and we take a, a butt cast. So in other words, a person sits in a plaster of Paris and we take a mold of the rider's pelvis, mm-hmm. how he sits on the saddle. Yep. So custom is very, very often misunderstood. And they're thinking of making a saddle like I described, where the saddle make a multi tree while the horse is there to yep. the shape, mm-hmm. and um, make the saddle fit to the rider the way I explained with the cast. Yes. The cast being made the top part of the tree, and then the leather goes through. Custom can be something where somebody takes a tape measure, measures the horse's circumference, and figures out what girth length or saddle fitting he needs. Because as soon as you measure something, literally, that means custom. Mm-hmm. So the customer itself is very confused because I thought I bought a custom saddle, yet he only measured and put a little bit wool in it. Yeah, There's a company... They call themselves custom saddleries, and um, everybody thinks it's made by custom, yet the whole trailer is full of ready-made saddles. Mm. So marketing has a very clever way of giving the customer the illusion they get something handmade just for them. Yep. For me, it's more important, rather than get a saddle off the trailer or start to finish, that the saddle can be adopted while the horse change in the width and in the angle. So that metal piece on the front, and it's, it's as hard as the shoe and the feet or the bit and box. Yep. Those three areas, feet, mouth, and withers, are softer than any metal. Mm-hmm. So while the tree is made out of leather and of spring steel or wood or very soft and flexible, a new polyurethane, that's a type of plastic which is very forgiving. The area will never, never changes or it's rigid to the wither area. So the tree needs to be adjustable the width and the angle. Yep. Now the flocking, the stuffing, what touches the horse's back can be manipulated to stuffing right on side. So the question, what is really custom? Custom is if somebody measures the rider and the horse and makes the necessary adjustment to a saddle what is finished, which is already in front of you in the trailer, and he adapts these measurements to the horse and rider. But it also can mean that it's made, like I just said, when we do sometimes, we take the mold of the rider seat. Most of the time we do when people had severe accidents and car crashes or horses stepped on your pelvis and crushed it, or deformity from birth yep. to molding the tree to the horse, which I would not recommend because the horse will change. Yes. It will be doing something and actually sitting on the horse's body, what it's not meant to do. Mm-hmm. So 
if we change it, like Cephone says, to the proper way, the horse will actually last longer than in the wild. Yeah. So custom is a word, what is used for advertising, and what is used to take measurements to make the fit, hopefully, to the better and not to the worse. Yep. Yep. Well, Johan, you've again delivered us lots and lots of information. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. I think it's just a real science. You know, I think you can see with the amount of research that you do, the amount of passion that you have to fit saddles. I think um, very good. And um, we'll see you at Equitana, but we'd love to have you back again. Just lots and lots of information there. I've got to go out now and put the saddle on my horse and check a few things, I think. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do hope that our listeners uh, uh, find the one or the other information useful. Yeah, yeah, And for as sure. I said last time, if we can make a little difference to one horse, it can mm. mean the world to this horse. That's right. None yeah. of us want to hurt our horses. It's just yeah. that we sometimes don't know what we don't know, isn't yep. that so? Exactly, exactly. All right, contact details. If people would like to contact you, they'll be on your page anyway, which will be horsechats.com slash Johan Schleser. But, um, yeah, if you'd like to give us contact details so they can contact you direct as well. Yes, uh, you can always send me an email at jochen at schleser.com. It's spelled J-O-C-H-E-N at com, or check us out online at schleser.com that's our website s-c-h-l-e-e-s-e.com we got a lot of videos a lot of contact information out there and uh, we're very excited to host uh, I think it's nearly sold out already, but there are one of the other spots available for the Saddle Clean School. I will keep there a week after Equitana, so check us out. Yep, very good. Okay, thanks very much, Johan. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.